What's up, Irish fans, and welcome back to another episode of The Slauncher Out. I'm your host, Jack Leniart, and as always, we've got another great episode for you today. Ben Belden is back on the podcast to talk about Notre Dame's 2020 season as a whole. We also talked about the news of Clark Lee leaving for the head coaching job at Vanderbilt. We previewed the upcoming ACC championship game against Clemson and talked about a potential berth in the college football playoffs. Before we get to that conversation, we have a quick word about Anchor. I'm joined yet again by my good friend, Ben Belden. Ben, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Uh, just getting ready for Christmas, and obviously before that, getting ready for um, a pretty big game here on Saturday. A big game indeed. A rematch in the ACC championship game between Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, should be a good one. The spread is, right now, I think double what it was when we when we played them in, in November, but um I mean, I'm still expecting it to be somewhat of a close game. But before we, we delve into that, um, Nerdame capped off their third undefeated season under Brian Kelly uh, a couple weeks ago with a win over Syracuse on senior day. Um, and so with that, with that milestone, um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts just on the season as a whole, kind of how things progressed, uh, any surprises or um, things that you weren't expecting heading into the year. I guess at the at the beginning of the year, I really I didn't know exactly what to think about this Notre Dame team in terms of, you know, <clears throat> we always knew that the question mark. If you think back, we knew the question marks about the team in terms of who is going to be the top receiver, and you know, I think at the beginning of the year we were anxious to see what Kyron Williams was going to do because you know I don't know that anyone necessarily thought that he was going to be the starter. So I mean. Looking back, it's kind of just fun to revisit some of those question marks a little bit. Truthfully, I didn't think Notre Dame was going to be this good. And as the season has progressed, I really and truly think that um, I would say that Notre Dame has maybe not moved quite yet into the class of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State most years, um, so on and so forth. But, man, it just feels like they are really, really close to being there, given the consistency with how much they've been winning over the past couple of years, given the fact that they got the you know, proverbial monkey off their back with beating a top team in Clemson you know, right there at the beginning of, the, of November. And obviously, hopefully, you know, I think um, – I, I don't know. I, I, we're hoping that that win over Clemson and playing in an ACC championship isn't the peak – for Notre Dame's program and that it's a, a stepping stone to what's next. And I think, and I feel, feel pretty confident that it is. Um, so I guess Saturday will sort of tell us some stuff about that and uh, we'll sort of see. Yeah. And I mean, the, the novelty of having a full year in a conference is, it's kind of like, I mean, cool enough at face value, but then to go ahead and, and run the table and, earn a place in the conference championship game with the potential to to take home a conference championship that may be Notre Dame's only conference championship in the history of their program is 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 pretty wild and, and a pretty pretty cool opportunity that coupled with completing yet another undefeated season during Brian Kelly's tenure and in that undefeated season getting 
that that big marquee win that has has eluded this program um, recently. Um, I mean, it's just huge. Um, you know, I feel like Notre Dame is always talked about, as you mentioned, as you know that tier just below the top tier, and you know, people always talk about how strong of a brand it is, how well. Um, you know, it's a, it's a national brand. You, they can recruit kids from all over the country. Um, and th- while they do have to uh, navigate some things academically with the players that they choose to recruit, though it's still a big enough draw that they should be able to compete for national championships in the, in the modern era of college football. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> just knowing that how, uh, you know, it, the way things are trending in college football, that, that those – top tier programs, you know, talking about Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, even Georgia a little bit are the ones that are getting the vast majority of those five-star recruits year in and year out. Um, And how it's just tough for those teams who, while they may be uh, in a good, healthy place like Notre Dame is, it's tough for them to to, to kind of uh, punch up to that that level and, and beat these teams consistently, especially in a format now in the playoff where you don't need to just win a game to win a title. You have to win two against top, top competition. So um, I think what we saw this year um, is showing that Notre Dame is progressing towards uh, breaking into that group. And well, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how long of a process that will be or um or how sustainable it may be, you know, when you talk about just, you know, general roster turnover year in, year out, and, you know, whenever we have a, a coaching transition at some point in the future. Uh, but it's, I think it's super promising for fans. Um, and Notre Dame, still ahead of it this year, has an opportunity to make even more headway in that, in that regard. Um, would you agree there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what you're saying is that, you know, Notre Dame's not quite there in that, you know, upper tier yet. But, man, are they way closer than they were at this time last year? Are they way closer than they were when they got where got demolished in the Cotton Bowl? You know, so on and so forth. I mean, it is – it's – I mean, it's it's been a slow play, it sort of seems, for Notre Dame. And, you know, like I say, I think most Notre Dame fans would recognize that not quite all the way there yet – um, certainly, you know, going and winning this ACC championship would be another step in that direction. Um, certainly, you know, getting a win in the college football playoff to, to get to the actual national championship game would be a step in the right direction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting to me, especially that it came in, you know, a, a pandemic year. I mean, um, and meaning that Notre Dame didn't get the prep time that, that, you know, generally you would need. And I think, you know, sort of things, you know, and this, this isn't a knock on Notre Dame necessarily, but I will say that I think, you know, a year like this year maybe actually played in Notre Dame's favor a little bit because they pretty much brought back a pretty veteran team, at least on the offensive side of the ball um, and at spots on defense as well. So they took advantage of that. They, you know, haven't had a huge major, you know, I know they canceled the Wake Forest game early in the year, um, and that never ended up getting played, but obviously it didn't matter. Um, and for the most part, they survived all that type of stuff. So it just makes you feel generally pretty good about the state of Notre Dame's program um, and, and what, you know, and what they're doing going forward, that they were able to navigate this mess the way that they were. It wasn't a distraction. They got better from the beginning of the season, you know, to the middle of the season, to the end of the season. 
um, <laughs> pretty much in all all categories of, of football. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're on the same page with what we're saying here. It's 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 pretty indicative of, you know, things going the right direction for Notre Dame's program. Yeah, and I think what you mentioned of uh, and and how well they've done to kind of tighten up their safety protocols and and um, after their first initial outbreak of COVID nineteen that they faced early in the year to kind of just refocus in and get everyone to commit to. Um, just being more cautious all around. And that's kind of bared out, you know, after the students have already left campus now, we haven't seen, well, there was a positive case, I want to say a week or two ago. That was the first in in a couple of weeks. And and really they've just done a great job of making sure that, um, you know, nothing that they're doing off the field is going to derail their season or, or make guys unavailable for some of their games. Um, and, you know, they're really not hurting themselves in that respect. And while, you know, there are plenty of other teams around the country that are, are, are doing a good job doing that as well, there are also a ton of teams that aren't really doing a great job at that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just um, something that really should be taken for granted. And I, I think, you know, the, the university and especially the, uh, the people in the athletic department and on the football staff and, and the players deserve, deserve credit for that. Um, all right, let's talk about the next task at hand for the football team. And that is, as we alluded to, a rematch against Clemson in the conference championship game this Saturday. Um, so as I mentioned, Notre Dame is uh, twice as, as big of an underdog as they were when these teams first met in November. Um, and, you know, you could probably uh, count on – Trevor Lawrence returning and a couple of guys in their defense being the, being the cause for that. Um, I guess we, we could talk there. Uh, we, we could start there. So with the line being at 10 and a half, is that kind of what you were anticipating uh, heading into this week? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I really thought it would be about the same, I guess, if I was pressed on this, you know, earlier, you know, I would have thought it would have been relatively the same regardless of the fact that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is coming back just because Notre Dame won the first matchup. I mean, I know it's now at a neutral field. It's not in South Bend. So there's has, you know, certain things to do with that. I get that. There's certain other factors, but I, I don't know. I think 10 and a half seems a little large. Like, I think this is going to come down, you know, and be within a touchdown. Um, because, you know, and I'm, I sort of subscribe to the theory that, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than I'm just going to call him DJ because I just I haven't brushed up on his name uh, recently. But, <laughs> um, but you know, to the to a certain extent, how many more yards was Trevor Lawrence going to throw for than he did when they played in South Bend? I mean, so there's a little bit of give and take in the, in both sides of that part of the argument. But um, I don't know. I, I I think that Notre Dame the the game plan remains the same. I thought it was interesting what Brian Kelly said this week and the fact that the fact that Trevor Lawrence was out actually made it maybe a little bit more difficult to game plan for uh, Clemson because you kind of just, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, you know what Clemson looks like, even if it does happen to be, you know, kind of better. Um, so, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I feel that Notre Dame's not getting a whole ton of respect in this line to a certain degree. Um, but I think that's kind of how they like it. So, you know, I don't mind. Yeah. And I, I think 
Trevor Lawrence probably um, him coming back. I mean, based on like like you said, how well DJ Uyunglele played in November. Um, Trevor Lawrence being in the lineup instead of him is probably worth I don't know maybe like a point a point and a half. Like even though he is, I mean, an exceptional player and going to be the top pick in the draft. Um, like you mentioned, he can't really play a ton of them a lot better than than what. Uh, than how how well DJ played in November. Um, I think the biggest jump is both in the guys that, that Clemson gets back in the front seven in Tyler Davis, uh, Skalski, and and Mike Jones, um, and then also just the fact that Clemson really needs to win this game in order to ensure themselves a spot in the playoffs. Um, they, I mean, I've, I've seen the argument made and, of course, also by Dabo Swinney, and I wonder why he would make that argument, um, but uh, that that Clemson should get in the, the playoff or at least has an argument to get in the playoff if they have two losses. But, I mean, I think that's still a little bit of a stretch given the, the teams that are ranked just outside. Um, so, I, I mean, really, I, I think that's that's probably a greater reflection of why the line where the why the line is where it is. Um, just the, the the fact that Clemson really needs this game more than Notre Dame does. Um, you know, a loss to a top three team um, being the only blemish on your schedule should not keep Notre Dame out of the playoffs, and it, it, I don't think it will um, unless it's like something historic. <laughs> uh, talking like a like a like a, a fifty to sixty point loss, and even then, you could still make the the argument that Notre Dame should still be in, but. Um, so that's that's where I kind of come from viewing this. Um, so I guess when, when thinking about how we're expecting this game to play out, um, you know, one of the big storylines when these teams played in November was that Notre Dame was able to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They uh, were able to pretty effectively bottle up Travis Etienne in the run game and also uh, generate a ton of yards running the ball um, on offense with Kyron Williams going for, 140 yards and, and uh, I think like two, two or three touchdowns, something like that. Um, so when you look at this upcoming game this weekend, are you expecting to see some of the same um, or are you expecting to see something different from what we saw uh, in November? Yeah, I really think the game plan is going to be a lot the same because, you know, I, I Clark Lee to me always seems to be the type of guy when he's developing a defensive game plan that it's he's trying to make you know the other team as one dimensional as possible, and that worked. And I, I mean, I think that's what you're going to have to do. You can't take away everything Clemson has to offer, so you got to take away something. And I think they've proven that, like, you know, the strength of their defense is stopping the run and controlling the line of scrimmage, then obviously on the other side on offense, but um. Yeah, I think they're they're gonna rely heavily on their front seven to to do what they did, you know, the first time that these two teams played and try to take away ETN and you know really key on him and kind of just live with them moving the ball between the twenties through the air a little bit and you know hold them to field goals and hope your offense can keep up. I mean, I think that's the recipe for for Notre Dame and has been as you know the season has gone forward and. I expect to see, like I say, a, a lot the same on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, as I mentioned, the, I think the the guys that Clemson is getting back in their defensive front seven are going to have um, 
you know, a, a noticeable difference. And so uh, that's one thing I, I'm probably most nervous about heading into this game. And I really want to see how well Notre Dame is, is able to run the ball early on, because like you said, I, I agree with what you said, where I think the game plan is, you know, you can't really shy away from, from what your identity is and that's running the ball. So um, they're going to come out and they're going to try to run the ball and how effective they are early on and, and what the score is early on um, will probably dictate whether they stick with that or have to um, adjust on the fly. But you can, you can take that to the bank that they're going to come out and they're going to try to pound the rock and they're going to try to control the clock um, in that regard. Um, defensively, um, I think what Brian Kelly mentioned in his press conference where even though you could have a guy like Trevor Lawrence coming back and starting in this game, their game plan, uh, he doesn't anticipate it changing all that much just because it's still the same, you know, offensive system. And while you have a different signal or a different quarterback in there uh, who's, you know, got a little bit of a different skill set, you know, you're still defending pretty much like the same look, same type of plays and all that. So um, I, I think their priorities are going to stay the same where they, where they do want to uh, limit the run as best as they could and uh, try to take that away first. And, you know, I mean, there's still a, there's a pretty good chance if you do that, Trevor Lawrence is still going to be able to hurt you with his arm because, uh, you know, he's, he's a pretty good player. Uh, so, so um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, we had a, a somewhat high scoring game in November and, uh, another shout out to a Brian Kelly quote that he gave in a press conference where just anticipating a lower scoring game just from his history of coaching and, and games and seasons where you do get rematches against opponents, um, typically going to be more lower scoring. Um, and while I would love that because I think that gives Notre Dame a better chance to either A, win or, or B, just cover the spread. Um, and and keep it competitive and close, and in in doing so, seal a spot in the in the playoffs. Um, it's 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 just I don't know the 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 task at hand still seems pretty daunting with with a a player like Trevor Lawrence in the game. So, but at the same time, um, you know you, you have to have faith in a Notre Dame defense that's played very well this season, and in defensive coordinator Clark Lee, who uh, and we can get into this next. He, who, although he has accepted the head coaching position at Vanderbilt and will be leaving Notre Dame, he um, is expected to finish the season with the team. And Brian Kelly kind of praises his professionalism in, in doing so and doesn't think that'll be really all that much of a distraction. And I really hope that's that's the case because I know that a lot of times in college football, um, you know, guys, if they're, they're going <laughs> to, uh, take a different job. Obviously, the the other school that's hiring them wants them to to be hands on right away. Just because in the world of college football, things like recruiting that's like year round. So you know you don't really have a, a, a ton of time to to play with, especially when you're lo- dealing with a program that's you know on the verge of needing a almost a full rebuild. Um, so I, I guess from there we could, we could pause and 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 talk specific more a little bit about. Clark Lee, what were your thoughts hearing the news break uh, earlier this week? And do you think this in any way is going to affect um, 
I guess what we see the on-field product of the Notre Dame defense um, in this conference championship game and in uh, potentially the playoff. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think so, to be honest with you. I think I buy the, you know, I don't know Clark Lee personally, but seems like a guy that has, you know, the utmost professionalism in general. And so I buy that, you know, he's into the idea that, you know, I have a job. This is my job currently. I'm going to attend to my job at hand and then worry about the rest later. Um, you know, I, Vanderbilt is in such a way that uh, <laughs> they can wait <laughs> for Clark Lee to, <laughs> to a little bit. I mean, if Clark Lee starts his job at Vanderbilt three weeks earlier, it's not going to make a ton of a difference, to be honest with you. So, um yeah, I think uh, – and then in general about Clark Lee, if I could just make this note, like I know that a lot of people are saying – you know, we're saying things about how, you know, hand Clark Lee a blank check and, you know, back up the Brinks truck or whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, I get all that. But, you know, the the itch to be a head coach is, you know, different sometimes than money. And, you know, I don't know. I really was hoping, and I can't remember who brought this up as a point, but – um, you know, I was really banking on, well, since Clark Lee, you know, was a, is a Vanderbilt guy, um, I was sort of banking on the fact that, you know, maybe he knows how terrible of a job that is to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just was like, I don't really want the pressures of going quote unquote home uh, to coach and, you know, in a program that is going to be difficult to turn around and a program that it's going to be difficult to win in. But uh I don't know. I, I guess the other side of that coin is, well, he could always do it for a couple of years and, you know, somebody, if it doesn't work out, somebody will hire him back as a defensive coordinator. So um, I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, good for, good for Clark Lee, you know, when, and I said this on Twitter the other day, when you have nice things at Notre Dame um, at a place like Notre Dame, like other people want those same nice things. So it says something about Notre Dame and how they, you know, can, you know, I, I, in the quality of coaching that they get from, you know, their assistant coaches that, you know, other teams want to come pick their defensive coordinator. And soon I'm sure, you know, Tommy Reese will be start to be mentioned in a couple of years about head coaching spots at different places. So um, that's all that stuff is good for Notre Dame. And as much as it, you know, you kind of think about how losing Clark Lee could hurt recruiting and that type of stuff, you know, at the same time, you can also say, listen, like, you know, everybody wants our assistant coaches. So if an assistant coach is, is recruiting you to come here, to Notre Dame, like that's that says something about you. That means that you're you're pretty special, and that this is a pretty special place. I think there's a spin there that that can be used to Notre Dame's advantage as well. Yeah, and that's another reason why I really want Notre Dame to finish the season strong, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Because, I mean, if Notre Dame's, you know, if, if Trevor Lawrence comes back and just you know, like lights up Notre Dame and and Clemson hangs like forty on them. I can I can just see people like trying to to write clickbait articles about Clark Lee having like a foot out the door and just like not really caring all about um, the rest of the games of the season and that would just just irritate the hell out of me honestly um, because Clark Lee's a great coach and um, I mean you, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone to say a bad word about him and I know like the players love him the staffs love him the fans especially love him. So I, I just really um, – that's kind of part of my rooting interest is just, like, let him end his, his tenure here at Notre Dame on a good note because that's more reflective of how good he is at his job. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, 
you know, no coach wants to go out and lose. <laughs> like, no coach that is at the Division One level, like, the competitiveness that you have to have to, you know, be a football coach and go through all of the trials and tribulations of the coaching profession in general, like, it, it doesn't matter if, you know, even if Clark Lee is, quote-unquote, maybe a little distracted by what looms ahead for him, he's still working his tail off to, you know, put together a game plan. Like, you don't want to go out there and just – no one wants to go out there and get embarrassed. No one wants to go out there and lose. Like, if he didn't care, he'd be gone by now. He just wouldn't even be in South Bend anymore. And so, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying there. But there will be, like, if that were to happen, you know, there inevitably would be somebody that, you know, wants to write that clickbait article that you mentioned. So it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, all right, let's refocus in on this game. Um, you've kind of uh, weaved in and out uh, talking about it, but – how do you see things playing out on Saturday? And if you are so bold, could you give a final score prediction? Um, I think that this sort of feels like, and this was a great point by you earlier, so I'm going to piggyback off of this. Since Clemson has really their backs up against the wall, um, I think – you're getting a very, very focused to a different level Clemson because of what happened in South Bend. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to struggle a little bit at times to move the ball like we sort of saw, you know, in the, in the third quarter, the second half, I guess you could almost say as a whole in South Bend. Um, and I think that's, you know, sort of the roles will be reversed in this one, if that kind of makes sense. You know, I would expect Clemson to be the one playing with the lead most of the time and Notre Dame, you know, coming back and, you know, trying to tie it up at the end and, and that type of thing. Um, I think, honestly, I think Clemson probably wins this one. Um, and I think, like you said, it's going to be lower scoring than the first one was. So for that reason, um, I'm going to take Clemson winning the game. Notre Dame still making the college football playoff. Um, but, um, for a score, Ooh, um, Clemson doesn't cover and it's going to be 34, 27 Tigers. Okay. All right. Um, I think that would be, let me look here. Yeah, that would be a half point over the total, the point total um, for this line, which is currently at, I'm seeing 60 and a half. And I personally, like you said, and like we've talked about, I really do think this, and I agree with what we've, we've talked about in that I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Um, and I was thinking something along the lines of like a, 27-17 Clemson, um, where Notre Dame just barely covers. Uh, but I, I'm more confident that the under on the on the 60.5 point total is going to hit than I am either team covering the spread. Um, I, yeah, it's it's just, they, I, I really, I, I'm not entirely confident that Notre Dame is going to be able to be successful Um you know, pretty uh, consistently on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, they they certainly will have a couple 
good drives throughout the game. And as they showed in, in the first matchup, like they can hit the big plays. And, um, you know, as we saw in the latter half of the season, Ian Book is not afraid to take those shots. And guys like Javon McKinley and, and Bennis Gronick are, are certainly coming on at, at the right time uh, and um, being more trustworthy, like downfield targets. So, I mean, that's always great to see. Um, and so that, I think, you know, will probably help spark a couple of, of, of Notre Dame points, but just as a whole, it, I, I just, um, it's, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely nervous heading into this one. Uh, and I, I really sincerely hope that I'm wrong in Notre Dame, you know, like we saw in November, just, just goes toe to toe with the toe with them for, for the vast majority of the game. But as, as both of us have mentioned, like Clemson, um, Clemson needs this game more, just plain and simple. Um, and so I, I think that um, even if it takes pulling out a couple of uh, trick plays, which I think that they've, they've shown in, the, in their past couple of games, I saw them run a flea flicker against Pitt. I saw um, a double reverse against Virginia Tech. And even against Notre Dame, they were about to run a halfback pass until ETN fumbled it into the hands of Jeremiah Osu-Koromoa. So, they, I mean, they definitely have those plays drawn up, and I, I think this is a game where, since they uh, legitimately need it to solidify a spot in the playoffs, they'll probably pull some of those out. Um, now, whether or not they hit or not is another thing, uh, but <laughs> at the same time, if it's a play that ends up in a shot downfield, I'm, I'm not all too confident, unless it's Kyle Hamilton back there guarding someone one-on-one, that Notre Dame's going to be able to defend it effectively, uh, but... But yeah, uh, I'm I, I I don't have a ton of confidence that Notre Dame can keep this say like within uh, within like a field goal. Um, but I, I do think that they're they're going to come out and and still give it their best shot. But at the end of the day, I, I do think Clemson's a better team, and um, I mean they got the best player in college football. So that's that's um, that's going to play a factor for sure. Um, and and Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to even if Notre Dame is, is able to, to put them under pressure at times, I think Trevor Lawrence is just, just too good really. And he's going to end up making some plays that are going to ultimately help them, them pull away and seal this game. Um, and whether or not we get an ND Clemson part three in the playoffs, that might be a completely different story. Um, that'd be, I mean, would that be a first? I don't, I don't know if that's ever happened in, in college football, but who knows? I guess kind of um, in, 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 if it was going to happen, this is the, the year for it to happen with everything else that's going on. That's, that's been so crazy. Yeah. And uh, just to add on, I just want to clarify as I was listening to you talk, I was like, well, I did say it was going to be a lower scoring game. And then I picked 34, 27. <laughs> what I, what I guess my thought was, was that like, this one's going to, I think this one's going to be close until late. And it's going to be more like a, a situation where, you know, it's, you know, 20, 20 late in the game and, um, you know, and Clemson tacks on a touchdown to go up and then Notre Dame isn't able to or so, whatever the situation is. Now I got myself confused, but I think it's going to be into like the, the upper 20s late until Notre, until Clemson kind of like puts it away so like maybe that means it's 27 20 Clemson Clemson scores and another name tax on a touchdown at the end to kind of cut into it with less than a minute left or something like that that's sort of how I feel like 
like this one plays out. And so that's kind of what I meant in terms of it's going to be lower scoring. Um, so I wanted to clarify that. So I didn't make myself sound like a complete idiot. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess before, before we get you out of here, um, I did want to talk about the, the playoff. Um, yeah. I don't know if you had any general thoughts on how the rankings have gone recently uh, with respect to the top 10 and like a team like a Florida uh, who uh, after losing to LSU drops a single spot uh, or a team like an, an Iowa state who's now surging and all the way up to number six, even though they have two losses. Um, and, and, and like those, those being the teams just outside uh, just, I think gives Notre Dame fans more, confidence overall that they can can withstand a loss here um i mean really the biggest threat is kind of how the committee views texas a&m because we really haven't learned much based on the rankings because texas a&m has just been stuck there at, at at five and uh they're not in the conference championship game i i think they're playing what tennessee so um you know, not really another chance to get an impressive win. Uh, and so we really don't know how highly they view their resume. That's been that, that they've kind of built so far this season. Uh, their best win is Florida. And the fact that the committee refuses to drop down Florida after a loss that they sustained last weekend is, is frustrating just because that just helps Texas A&M just kind of linger right there on the fringe. Uh, do you have any just general thoughts on, on the playoffs, do you subscribe to the belief that Notre Dame is in regardless of what happens this weekend? I really do. I mean, if Florida can lose to an unranked LSU team that isn't even 500 and drop a spot, if Notre Dame loses to Clemson by two stinking touchdowns, uh, three stinking touchdowns, like, you get my point. Even if it's not particularly close, you can you really make the argument that Notre Dame's out of the top four? I mean, I, I mean, I think that's indicative enough right there um, uh, I, I don't know. And then, you know, here's the other thing. There's some scuttle around, uh, the great state of Ohio today that the, uh, big 10 championship theoretically could be in, uh, in a little bit of trouble. I mean, that's just rumors, but, um, you know, if they don't end up playing the big 10 championship games, does Ohio <laughs> state really get in? Um, I don't know. Like uh, your guess is anybody's guess is as good as mine. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't I truly do not see a scenario where Notre regardless of what happens on Saturday, where Notre Dame uh doesn't get in, given you know, at this point Notre Dame has the best win in college football all year, without a doubt. And if it was the other way around, if Clemson had won on November seventh, they'd be saying the same thing about Clemson. Clemson is into the playoff regardless of what happens. They have the best win in college football. I mean it's 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 just the truth. Um so, yeah, I don't, I don't think that – I truly think Notre Dame is in regardless of what happens. Now, I suppose if they go out and just look completely helpless against Clemson on, on Saturday and they lose 52-6, to six, um, there's a chance. But even as you said, you could make the argument, oh, like that was one time. That was just one time where just – everything went wrong they still have the best win in college football all year so um and i don't think i can't even think of what number two would even be like who else has who has the second best win i don't even know um so yeah i i think that you know like i say i've said it seven times in this rambling rampage that i've been on that notre dame is in regardless in my opinion
Yeah, I'm a, I think we're on the same page, and I think most people are. Um, they're, they're just been, and it's going to happen year in and year out. I think this year it's just been amplified with the discrepancies, discrepancies between teams and conferences like the Pac 12 and, and Big Ten who have just played far less games. Um, but there's always going to be debate and um, this committee. I, I think another thing that, that people were kind of uh, just taking offense to is that they just have thrown all group of five teams to the wayside and just said, you know what, regardless, you're never getting in. Like, uh, just don't even, don't even ask <laughs> why. It's like, why are you guys even playing games? Don't even ask. You're not getting in. Yeah. This isn't for you. And it's just like, all right, that, that's just frustrating just because like as a college football fan, you're watching some of these teams like a coastal Carolina, um, who has a, I, I think like one of the more intriguing conference championship games against Louisiana, another rematch against two top 20 teams. Um, both of whom have, have power five uh, wins against power five opponents on their resumes. Um, and they can't even sniff the top 10. Uh, and then you get a team like Cincinnati, who's been playing lights out as well. And they just also, they've hit a wall and then they get jumped by uh, teams <laughs> with two losses. And it's just like, it, it just gets to a point where you're just like, all right, this is ridiculous. And I've already started seeing people talking about bring back the BCS and, you know, yeah. either whatever system we, we have that everyone's going to have complaints. It's just kind of the way that it is. Um, yeah. And I don't know where we'll end up if we'll see playoff expansion or not, but I think people are always going to be upset. Um, but yeah, as I said, just like as a general college football fan, stuff like that's frustrating just because, um, you, you know, th these group of five schools, they don't get the big uh, national TV games. And so they're playing super well, but they just don't get that recognition. And it's just kind of it's just kind of annoying in a sense. Um, yeah. Can I give you a, a gen yeah. general yeah. thought real quick before we finish? So uh, one last thing that has something to do with what we were just talking about, but I just want to throw out there is. You know, for years, people have made this argument that Notre Dame needs the extra data point, right? So in a year where Notre Dame is going to have, it's not the 13th, but it's the it's the last whatever it is for them now, the 11th or whatever. Like, they have the last data point. Are you really about to tell me that now the year that Notre Dame has that last data point, if that last data point ends up in a loss, are you really going to take Notre Dame out of the playoff now? <laughs> So, I mean, does that make sense? Like, do you see how, like, hypocritical that would be to, like, basically say that? It's like, now, then Notre Dame would, could just be like, listen, like, because right now, if the season were over today, Notre Dame's in the playoff. There's no doubt about it. So, are you mm -hmm. really going to, now, after complaining for years and years about not having the last data point, are you really going to, and if Notre Dame loses, are you really going to hold them out of the playoff? Like, that would... Absolutely. I mean, that would, in my opinion, just set the world on fire in uh, Notre Dame football land. So I don't know. I just kind of that thought just kind of came to me as you were talking there. So I had to get that spit out real fast. Yeah, I feel like I've seen like on Twitter, too, just people like tongue in cheek being like, why don't Notre Dame and, and Clemson just kind of like just say, oh, yeah, well, no, we can't uh, we can't play this this conference championship game because of uh and you know we, we have you know x number of players tested positive um, yeah. and then just play the rematch in the playoffs and just like solidify their spots because you know you see a team a team like ohio, ohio state who has 
<laughs> played what are they at five games now and the Big Ten had to yeah. revise their their rules that they set preseason to make sure that they're still eligible for the conference championship and now as you just mentioned who knows maybe that could could be uh, potentially um, canceled as well that's just like I, I don't know it's it's plenty of reason and you've seen a ton of coaches just come out and be like yo screw this like <laughs> and just like take uh take shots at, at, at teams um, who have played less games than them. And it makes perfect sense because obviously in a sport like football, just that general wear and tear of a season, like you picking up injuries to your roster, losing guys from your starting lineup and guys just get uh, just in general dinged up and they're not, maybe they might, they might not be at a hundred percent health come time for these big games. Um, and then you look over and then the, the team that you're facing played half as many games as you and they haven't really sustained all that many injuries and stuff like that so it's you can understand where where people are coming from and and these coaches getting upset at that and that's part of the reason that's fueling uh you know a lot of these uh opinions being voiced and all the debate that's happening surrounding um the playoff um just i mean it it boils down to just this, this pandemic is just, people are, are just ready for, for it to be over um, and just hoping it's over as soon as possible with, with the vaccine rollout. So um, yeah, just, I think people just the, uh, in general, just 2020 fatigue and are, are ready to, <laughs> to put this year as a whole behind us. Uh, ben, Thank you for taking the time to to join me today. Um, hopefully, we can get you back on to to recap this this uh, ACC championship game this weekend, um, either next week, although that is the week of Christmas, so maybe the week following that, um, or maybe we could just uh, couple in a ACC recap and playoff preview sometime down the line. But thank you again, as always, for for taking the time to join the podcast. Absolutely. And like you said, hopefully we're talking about college football playoff the next time. Thanks again to Ben Belton for taking the time to join the podcast today. As I mentioned at the end of our conversation, the next episode will probably come out the week of New Year's. So be on the lookout for that. If you do enjoy the podcast, be sure to rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. Until next time, go Irish.